Welcome to Marketing Thought Leadership, the podcast that offers insightful discussions on thought-provoking marketing topics. Here's the host of our show, marketing consultant, speaker, author, and educator, and the president of Leverage 2 Market Associates, Linda Popke. Hi, this is Linda Popke, and thank you for joining us for Marketing Thought Leadership. We're here today with Lisa Norell. She's the founder of Energize Growth. She helps CMOs, that's Chief Marketing Officers, and CEOs accelerate marketing innovation and growth. Top organizations such as Adobe, LinkedIn Learning, Google, AARP, and Hilton hired Lisa to formulate new strategies and launch breakthrough marketing ideas. She also leads several private CMO peer communities, including the Marketing Leaders of D.C., as in Washington, D.C., and the Marketing Leaders of Atlanta. A frequent keynote speaker, she's the award-winning author of The Mindful Marketing, Mindful Marketer, How to Stay Present and Profitable in a Data-Driven World, and Energize Growth Now, The Marketing Guide to a Wealthy Company. So welcome, Lisa. Hey, Linda. It's great to be here today. So tell us, first of all, and I'm intrigued when it's the marketing leaders of D.C., and I feel like it's the, the real housewives of Atlanta. What, is, what are, your, um, are your peer communities about, the marketing leaders? What is special about bringing together marketing leaders? Thankfully, we do not have the drama that the Real Housewives are facing. (laughs) Definitely not as amplified as they are, and it normally doesn't involve glasses of wine. So that's usually a good thing. But uh, about six years ago, in speaking with a number of CMOs in the Washington, D.C. area, several of them said to me, with the role of the marketer changing so rapidly, we feel very isolated. It's hard to keep up with the rapid changes and the additional pressures that we're facing to become marketing technologists and sales generation machines. So they said, you know, what could you do to help us eliminate that sense of overwhelm and isolation? And so we, that's when we launched our CMO group. And um, our groups now are also in Atlanta, and we have um, an annual CMO conference that's open to marketing leaders from across America. So it's been a- we've been able to really nurture and cultivate a group that's tailored to the way they like to collaborate and learn. That's fantastic. And so that brings me to the point. You have this book called The, the Mindful Marketer. So tell me what it means to be a mindful marketer. So I think of mindful meditation, but I don't think we're going to meditate as marketers. You must have another idea in mind for the word mindful. We define mindfulness as non-judgmental present moment awareness. And as I've learned from some of the nation's top marketing leaders, you cannot really make the leap from order taker to innovator unless you do dedicate time to some healthy, reflective habits. So a lot of our marketing leaders do have those habits, and they, they exhibit those habits to their teams and to their board. The ones who are uh, constantly overwhelmed or are really o- just too comfortable living in managing the day-to-day inbox or solving yesterday's chronic problems tend to struggle the most. So my book, The Mindful Marketer, is a collection of examples, stories, and planning tools that have allowed uh, me as well as my clients, my best clients, to thrive in this time of uncertainty and ambiguity. 
So that's what we have found. Uh, I have, after many years of staying in the closet about my being a mindfulness practitioner, I've been able to find a way to share some of these tools and approaches with my with my clients across the board. That's fantastic. So can you give us an example of what a mindful practice might be in, in terms of what a marketing leader might do? Yes. Uh, one person that comes to mind is Barbara, who was the former CMO of TripAdvisor. And mm -hmm. you probably are familiar with TripAdvisor. Mm -hmm. And when I spoke with her during the um, – when I was amassing stories for the book, The Mindful Marketer, I spoke with her about uh, what it was like there, and she said, well, you know, we're growing extremely fast, and we – have found that our off-site meetings are some of the only places where we can step back, reflect, and plan for the future. So when she hosts meetings, she has a whole set of rituals that they follow. And this, I'm speaking in the past tense because she actually has left and joined uh, Walmart and okay. taken on a more senior position there. And uh, when she was at TripAdvisor, what they did is they, for example, um, told people to leave their their mobile devices turned off during their leadership meetings, their off-site meetings. That was number one. Number two is they injected humor and fun into the uh, off-site meetings to kind of trigger creativity and joy. And um, those were two of the practices that really helped them. And the third is that they spent a lot of time um, also with rec recognizing people and catching people doing things right. Ah. And what she, what she found through just those three practices, they saw their employee engagement scores soar in the first year of implementing these new practices. So really, you know, as – the author James Clear talks about our habits are really a vote for our identity. And just by those, you know, practicing those three mindful habits, um, she was able to witness some very, very positive change in how they, how the team was perceived and the kinds of marketing innovations that they were able to introduce into the company. Wonderful. So that's, and some of these things are common sense, but sometimes it's the common sense logical things that we don't do, right? We're so busy executing, we don't take time to step back and think about what we should be doing on a day-to-day -day basis because all of that makes perfect sense. Yes, it does. And um, I, I also remind people, if they want more details on these practices, you can go to the mindfulmarketer.com forward slash bonus and download some planning tools and a sample chapter because Mindfulness can take on so many different flavors. It's, you know, some of our marketing leaders meditate. Others um, read sto about stoicism, um, mm -hmm. which has really been brought back to life with people like Ryan Holiday and Tim Ferriss. And um, other people practice yoga. Some practice walking in nature with their phones turned off. It really is a pra there are there are dozens of examples or ways in which leader marketing leaders can become more mindful, and it's it's um, it's a place where um, you have to really find your center and create that space for self reflection and designing the future. 
That's fantastic. So in terms of designing the future, which is kind of interesting, you have done a lot of research with nearly 500 marketing leaders. So can you tell us about what you've learned from, from just talking to that many marketing leaders and what you see as perhaps some of the trends and success stories? Yes. Well, we have been uh, conducting a survey of chief marketing officers from around the world now for uh, going on six years. Okay. And we have found some things that are very encouraging and some things that just seem to continue to be like a rock in the proverbial marketing shoe. Yeah. So uh, what the first thing that's kind of exciting is we're starting to see the convergence of the role of the CMO with customer experience. Mm. So for for marketers who are who are listening now, if you haven't started to get more involved in defining the customer experience, mapping the customer journey, it's just a matter of time until you're going to have to be more involved in that. Um, And the reason is um, because we have found that many of the CMOs in our community now own the keys to the marketing and growth kingdom for their organizations. You know, when I started launching these CMO peer groups six years ago, maybe one out of ten CMOs had revenue targets. Now it's getting close to half. Wow. So it's it's growing. So how can you not be involved with customer experience Absolutely. If, you're, if you're directly involved and measured on revenue goals? And so those are a couple of things that we're seeing and that, you know, we believe as part of our hypothesis that give that um, marketers are in a prime position to really thrive and learn new things in the coming years. In our most recent CMO innovation trend study, there are unfortunately some um, some disappointing pieces of news as well. And one is that CMOs are definitely feeling the pain of today's low unemployment. So mm. for key positions like data scientists or demand generation experts, um, the talent shortage is palpable. And it's, according to our study this year, um, there's a 7% increase in frustration from <laughs> from our CMOs in terms of them finding really great talent that aligns with their culture. And then, of course, there's the perennial challenge that we have uncovered. This one just keeps sticking to the top three list, and that one is that CMOs still struggle even with all the data available at their fingertips, they struggle to gain the internal alignment to convey the value of marketing. So even though that's, you know, with all the information they have available, that's still a, a challenge for them. And uh, so that's that's their one of the top three obstacles. And part of the reason they join our peer groups is mm-hmm. to – test out their ideas before they have the board meeting or attend the board meeting or to um, really validate some some improved strategies to work more closely with their CEO. You know, that makes sense, and, and it, it's too bad that we don't see an improvement there because when I wrote my book, Marketing Above the Noise, um, that was one thing I found, certainly a lack of alignment between marketing and sales, between marketing and development, between marketing and the CXOs. So there was this kind of being out of step. 
what can we do, if anything, to try and work on that? Is that just one of those things that's going to be there? I feel like we, we need to move past this and, and get, get our seat at the table and, and make sure people understand the value of marketing. So what suggestions do you have to get past that? Well, in my book, The Mindful Marketer, I've got multiple chapters dedicated to that, and I actually organized it by functional areas. Ah. The strategies that um, a CMO might use, for example, with the VP of sales work, are, are going to be slightly different than the strategies that she uses with the CFO or the mm-hmm. VP of operations or the CIO. So I encourage people to um, to look look up some of those strategies. But one thing that absolutely I I like to see happen is to develop some kind of service level agreement with the VP of sales. So if you're a company that is uh if you are a marketing uh, a marketing leader who has revenue targets or you're being given in, you're highly incentivized to work closely with sales Take some serious note at the kinds of SLAs that you might be able, an SLA that you might be able to put in place, so that everybody understands who's responsible for greenfield leads, who's responsible for upsell or you know selling to existing customers, or who's responsible for um, expanding into new markets and new areas. Um, there's oftentimes way too much argument around who's who sourced this lead. Was it sales? Yep. Was it marketing? Was it some a webinar we had? Um, what what exactly was the source of that? So right. overcoming some of those unnecessary drama moments is, is great. And a comp, uh, one executive who I really admire, who's who's mastered this ability, is now uh, president of a division of. Blackbaud, which is a technology company out of Charleston, South Carolina. So uh, if you ever get a chance to read about Tim Hill, he's, he's one of the early pioneers in seeing the value of, of these service level agreements. That's fantastic. And, and I've, I've talked about that there's kind of a sibling rivalry, particularly between marketing and sales. You know, we're kind of in each other's throats, but then we'll defend our, our sibling against an outsider, right? But you still have those, you know, you beat up your, your younger brother or sister or whatever and say, you know, I'm in charge. So if we can have that kind of service level agreement, we can get past some of that and work more effectively to be on the same team. So um, definitely uh, good advice there. So tell me, we talked a little bit about your um, your marketing groups and marketing leaders. What kind of um, – uh, what, what kind of, of, of ahas do you get from working with those people, and perhaps what kind of things do they learn that they maybe weren't expecting when they're in a group of their peers? It's a very safe environment. They can be open. They can be vulnerable. Yes. I. What I love most, what gives me such joy about building and cultivating these communities is this model, which I, I coined from the former found, co-founder of Visa International, D. Hawk, which is this chaotic model where each of our gatherings is somewhat chaotic and somewhat orderly. So <laughs> we, have, we have a core set of values that guide the group, and then at any given meeting, we allow time on the agenda for things to organically occur. Because the night before, there's a good chance that someone in the group might have fired their agency 
or there's a good chance that the CEO called them into a surprise meeting they didn't expect and they have to get ready. Um, so allowing for that uh, chaos is really important because we're essentially modeling what they have to be prepared to do in a day, on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> Um, so there's that part that's kind of fun and it keeps me challenged and keeps them challenged. The other part is what happens in between my working with them as an advisor and what happens in between the meetings. We've had uh, one of our members, CEOs, essentially decided on a whim to completely reorganize the marketing or a team and wow. and let this CMO go after the CMO had been there for seven years and had some tremendous results in terms of revenue growth, revenue growth and brand repute. So um, there was just this sudden change, and our group galvanized around this CMO and helped that person generate three or four really great interviews with private equity firms and CEOs with within their network. So it really boosted their confidence and gave them uh, a sense of excitement around what was next for them. So those are just examples, Linda, of the types of results and activities that prove over and over that we cannot go this alone. We need to surround ourselves with like-minded people who are there to be helpful and supportive through the busy times and the less busy times. Absolutely, and I think it's fantastic that you've put this together and had such great success. Any chance you're going to be expanding this beyond uh, the East Coast, besides D.C. and Atlanta? One of the things people can do is if they're interested in putting their toe in the water and learning about our group is they can always attend our annual conference, um, and they can learn more at cmoclick.com. It's C-M-O-C-L-I-C dot com. So there's always a chance for people from any corner of the world to join us at our conference each year. And then I have, uh, I'm currently looking at ways to expand it into new cities and to leverage what we've built. Um, And I think the best way to do that is probably by teaming up with a, I'll call it a guerrilla, an organization that is global in scope that doesn't really have these kinds of forums to build a competitive antidote and an intimate setting for CMOs to innovate. So I'm I'm actually currently looking for for that kind of uh, alliance for the coming years. Fantastic. So we've been talking with Lisa Norell. She's the founder of Energize Growth. She runs Marketing Leaders of D.C. and Marketing Leaders of Atlanta and the CMO Click Annual Conference. And she's the author of The Mindful Marketer, How to Stay Present and Profitable in a Data-Driven World. Lisa, can you give us one last tip if I'm a marketer and I want to start to be more mindful and start to really move forward? What's the first thing you would tell me to do? Well, the first thing I would encourage people to do is to ask yourself, what's next in my career? How can I really find even more joy and excitement in the work that I'm doing? And, you know, you might be a high-performing CMO and ver- or marketing leader and do- be doing well. So, you know, where's that 1% improvement? How can I put the time aside to, to explore that? So that would be the first thing is, you know, look forward and see what's next and know that you're the captain of your own career ship. 
So this is a great opportunity to, to be asking those questions and be in the inquiry. And then the second thing is to um, consider a practice of self-reflection and mindfulness that works for you because every person needs to find that path. Now, I know for you, you are a brilliant pianist, and, and I can imagine that that is a form of self-reflection and diffused thinking that, that allows you to have created such a successful business at, over the past 15 years. Well, thank you. But, yes, it's, it's, that's, that's where I go. That's my time to myself, me and the piano and me and the 88 keys. So uh, absolutely, and for other people, it, it, I know people who go out and run. I know people who um, who cook. I know someone who just will cook and bake. So there are various different ways that we can all do this. But I think you're right. We need to get away, particularly with all the chaos and polarization in the world. We need to get away from all that and come back to our center. So absolutely, thank you, Lisa. It's been a pleasure having you here. Thank you so much, Linda. It's always good to connect with you. Okay. Thank you very much. And for, until next time, this is Linda Popke for Marketing Thought Leadership. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Marketing Thought Leadership, brought to you by Leverage 2 Market Associates. If you'd like to find out how powerful marketing results can transform your organization, contact us at www.leverage2market.com.